I had an opportunity to go visit my granddaughter yesterday. That's always fun to spend time with her. She's just a, a joy. And she, she's getting to that age where it seems like every day she learns something new. And uh, this week, actually, she's done this for a couple of weeks now, she's learned what a nap is. You know, before you could just kind of rock her for a little while when it got to be nap time and she would just kind of drift off into nap land. But now she's on to you. And for, and for some reason, I don't know what it is, whenever I'm there, Kendra always wants me to be the official nap guy. <laughs> so so I, I, I get her, and like I used to be, I just rock her, and she just, not going to work. You know, I pick her up and start walking to her room, and she knows what's going on. And she's like, wait, hold up here. <laughs> uh, where, uh, I know how this works. You're going to lay me down that thing and walk off. I, I'm not gonna wait. So, so she's, a, you know, until finally, you know, the little head bob starts going. And she just can't keep those eyelids open anymore. And she finally takes a nap. Most of us as adults, though, we're glad anytime we're able to take a nap. Hey, anywhere. We don't need anybody to tell us it's nap time. Anytime is a good time. For, for nap time, especially a day like today, it's a little bit cooler, got some clouds going, a little rain. This is a perfect opportunity for a Sunday afternoon nap. And there's good reasons for that. God built us that way. He, he created us with a need for rest. It's in the very fabric of creation itself, and it's more than just a physical rest. This is something that's dramatically important for us to understand this this. Uh, idea of the Sabbath. Some of our Sunday school classes talked about this last week, and I wanted to dig a little deeper into why this is important, why this is significant, why we need to understand our need for the Sabbath. It's right there in creation in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We desperately need to recover the meaning of the Sabbath. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus was confronted by some of the religious leaders of his day. They accused him of having a misinterpretation of the Sabbath. And this is how he responded to them in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In, in this particular account, the, the Pharisees had, had, had made the Sabbath into a ritual. They had a long list of rules and regulations that everyone had to follow in order to properly obey the Sabbath commandment. Jesus looks back to the origins of the Sabbath. Genesis chapter 2. Where God, as He reaches the completion of creation, He takes time to rest. That extraordinary passage there in Genesis chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing, so on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. Why would God do that? I mean, God is, is almighty. God doesn't need rest. Why would he rest 
on the seventh day. Well, he knows how important it is for us. We need rest. Most of us probably don't get as much as we should, according to the Center for Disease Control, the CDC. 83.6 million adults in America get less than the recommended seven hours of sleep a night. And getting too little rest can create some tremendous physical problems. It can lead to high blood pressure, diabetes, coronary heart disease, stroke, and being really, really grumpy. According to the website WebMD, getting enough sleep is really, really beneficial. It can help you in learning. It can help you in memory. It can boost your mood. It can provide a healthier heart. It can help you be a better athlete. It can control blood sugar. It builds your immune system. It can control your weight. All that really, really wonderful things. Who would have known a Sunday afternoon nap would be so beneficial? But it's more than just the occasional nap. And it's more than just a few health benefits. God created us to need rest to survive. The longest anyone has ever gone without sleep was in an experiment that was conducted where a man went without sleep for 264 straight hours. That experiment was conducted back in 1964, has not been done again, because apparently it wasn't much fun for the individual who went through 264 straight hours of being awake. He suffered psychological problems, paranoia, irritability, hallucinations, and no surprise, drowsiness. <laughs> so go home today. Take a nap. You need it. But it's way more than just feeling refreshed. Our need for a Sabbath goes much, much deeper than that. We don't just need physical rest. We do, and that's significant. That's important. I'm not making light of that in any way, shape, or form. We need that physical rest, but as important as that is, we need spiritual refreshment even more. We need to reconnect with God. We need what we're doing right here this morning. We need to be reminded that indeed God is in control. We need the fellowship of other believers to, to encourage us in, in our walk with the Lord. We need an opportunity to stop everything else in our life, all the busyness that we have, all the stuff going on in our life. We need to just take a moment and stop and praise God. It's not just that he deserves it. He certainly does. I mean, that would be reason enough. Just, just recognizing that, well, God deserves our worship, so I ought to go worship. That, that would be reason enough, but it goes much deeper than that. The fact is, we need to give God praise. For our own well-being. To be the people that God created us to be. For life to make sense. We need to praise God. We need this time to, to remember the things that God has done. To, to reflect on His incredible goodness. And then to respond with open honest praise and obedience. 
We all need those three things. Three R's for you this morning. First, we all need to remember. We need to pause in our life. To stop and remember what God has done. Now, why do we need to do that? Well, because we forget. How many of you forgot where your keys were when you came to church this morning? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> we forget stuff. It's just kind of who we are. If we don't think about it for a while, if we've not been reminded of it in a while, we just kind of forget. And so we need to stop in our life and remember what God has done. Here's the thing. As we begin to remember some of the things that God has done in our life, as we, we think back over the last week or over the last month or over the last year, and we, we look at, well, God was there doing that, and God did this for me, and God was here for me then, and, and God helped me. As we look back at all those ways that God was there for us before, we'll recognize, oh, yeah, God is still here right now. And when we don't do that, We'll forget. There'll be those times in our life when we feel like God's just not working in my life right now. Or, or God's just not working in my church. Or God's just not working in my neighborhood. Or God's just not working in, in my, my place of business. Or, or whatever it is that we're thinking, well, God's just not working here. Well, well, typically, if we'll just stop and remember, we'll realize, oh, wait a minute, God is, is working he did all of those things. He's still working now. Take time today to stop and remember what God has done for you. We need to remember. Second R, we not only need to remember, we also need to reflect. We need to regularly take time to reflect on God's goodness. It's important that we remember the things that God has done in our life. That's essential. I wouldn't have mentioned it a minute ago if it wasn't. That's really important. But we need to take that one step further. We need to think about why did God do those things in my life? God answers our prayers. He protects us. He watches over us. He takes care of us for one reason. Because He loves you. Now, we say that a lot. If you've grown up in church like, uh, like I have, you've heard that all your life. That's one of the first things that I learned when I was in my very first Sunday school class. God loves you. They gave us the little bookmarker that we, we colored on with our Crayola. It had the little picture of Jesus with the children at the bottom. You, you probably colored on that same bookmark sometime in your, your life. And on it was printed those words, God loves you you. All of those wonderful things that God has done for you, as you remember all those ways that God has been there for you in the past, as you start to recall to your mind all those things that God has done, take a moment and reflect on this one truth. God did all of that because He loves you. Because He loves you. 
We need to remember the things that God has done. We need to reflect on why God has done those things. And then finally, we need to respond. You remember the story? Ten lepers come to Jesus. They're suffering from an incurable disease in their day. There was nobody that could give them any help. The only thing they were told was, get out of here. You can't be here anymore. That's, that's what happened to lepers. They were forced to live out in the country because nobody would let them live next door to them. And they come to Jesus begging for mercy. And he healed them. He took their illness away. And all of them couldn't believe it. They were so excited. They were so thrilled. They just were jumping up and down and running all around and yelling and screaming, Look, all my sores are gone. Everything's gone. I'm healed. And then nine of them went home. And just one of them turned back, fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Don't be one of the nine. As you remember the things that God has done for you, as you reflect on the reality that He did all those things because He loves you, take a moment to respond. When you sing this morning, we're going to sing a couple more songs today before we go. When you sing this morning, don't just go through the motions. When you sing this morning, you sing to Jesus. And you let him know out of the bottom of your heart, Lord Jesus, thank you that you loved me so much. You would die on a cross for me. Thank you. And then as we leave this place together, respond to him in obedience. Say, Lord, you've done so much for me. I want to live my life for you. Not, not that I could ever make my life worthy of you. I could never do that. Not that I could ever work my way into heaven. You've already taken care of that by what you did for me on the cross. But Lord, I want to live my life for you. Respond to what God has done for you. That's why we need the Sabbath. Don't ever fool yourself into thinking that you don't. We desperately need a time to remember, to reflect, and to respond. So what are some concrete ways we can do that? Well, one of them you you already did this morning. You came here to worship the Lord together with your fellow believers. You stopped all your other activities. There's a lot of other things that you could have been doing this morning, but you chose instead to be here to worship Jesus. That's a big deal. We work really hard here at National Heights to provide an opportunity for you to remember, reflect, and respond every Sunday. In our small groups, in our our Sunday school classes, our life groups, we try to do the same thing. We try to offer opportunities for you to remember, reflect, and respond. Don't miss that. Realize why you're here this morning. This is a big deal. We need this. All of us do. But it's not just us. 
Everyone you know, everyone you know, needs a Sabbath. I promise you, you're going to go to work tomorrow, go to school tomorrow, you're going to go to your neighborhood, and you're going to be around people who are exhausted. They are bone weary. Now, they may not show it on the outside, but inside their soul, they are at the end of their rope. They are desperately looking for rest. Physical rest. Some of them are just physically tired. Because they bought into the the world system of the more you get, the more you obtain, the more you achieve, the better you are. And they've been fighting that battle and they are weary of that because they've realized this is getting me nowhere. They may be the richest person you know and inside they are empty. The tank is at the bottom. They and they don't Physically, they're tired, but even more importantly, spiritually, they are worn out. They're trying to find some way to be significant, some way that their life has meaning, and and none of it makes any sense. The more they do what the world says to do, the more money they make, the better job they get, all that stuff that the world says gives meaning, it means nothing, and, and they are fed up. It's why surveys tell us 35% of the unchurched say they would attend a worship service if somebody just invited them. Because they're desperate to find rest. Why we're doing this who's your one emphasis. You know somebody in your life that desperately needs the rest that only Jesus can provide. And so as you pray for them over this next month, you plead with God that God would open their eyes to the rest they can find in Jesus. On Sunday, October 27th, the the last Sunday of this month, we're going to have what we're going to call One Sunday. There'll just be an opportunity for you to invite your one. Just invite them to come. They may not. But they might. I can guarantee you whether they come or don't, deep in their soul, they are looking for a Sabbath. They are looking for rest. They're looking for something that will take the enormous burden they have on their heart that they just can't carry anymore. And we know the only one who can do that is Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that we could just take a moment to rest. And we want to do that this morning, Heavenly Father. We want to take a moment to remember the extraordinary ways you have worked in our life in days gone by. You have been there for us in amazing, marvelous, miraculous ways that we've seen your hand at work. And God, as we remember that, it reminds us that you're here working right now. And so we thank you for that. And Lord, we want to reflect on that. We don't want to just remember it for memory's sake. We want to remember it because we, we need to understand your love for us. 
If we'll just understand that, Lord, if we'll just understand how much you love us, it will allow us the freedom to serve you, to live for you in ways that we can only begin to imagine. So help us reflect on your wonderful hand at work in our life in a way that will lead us to marvel at your grace and your love. And then help us respond, Lord. Help us respond through praise. As we sing this morning, don't just let it be something we're doing out because the words are on the screen. Lord, help us to truly praise you because you are deserving of our worship. And then help us respond, Heavenly Father. Help us respond through obedience to leave this place seeking to serve you. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.